This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Hallelujah! Lift up your hands everyone and say, For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Shout out loud, say, thank you, Father. Say it again, say, thank you, Father, for the Holy Ghost. Just worship Him wherever you are this evening. Thank Him for Jesus. Thank Him for salvation. Thank Him that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thank Him that you have an inheritance in heaven that cannot be defiled. Thank you because you have an eternal hope that has a promise in this life and in the life to come. Thank him for his goodness, his faithfulness to you. Bless him for who he is. This is the household of David. We are built for worship. We have just one thing to say and one thing alone. Our God is alive. Our God is faithful. Our God is worthy to be praised. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. You know when we were singing that song before the last song, something about um, Jesus has conquered. How does that song go again? To my left, I see Jesus has conquered. When I looked, then what's the next one? What's the next line? Hallelujah. At what point in time do you shout that, Oh, Jesus. That's another song. Hey, why didn't we get to that other part? Can we take that? Oh, Pat. It must be, oh, ah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, li- I was listening to the, to, the, to, to, the, to the praise leaders as we were singing. We sang that song. The, um, some, some, um, um, the, the, the um, days of Elijah, right? And I was listening for that part again. Before you get to, there's no God like our God. Somebody joined and helped me. They didn't see. Like, I don't, why, why you guys? Why are you guys? Is it because I'm from Lekki? Ma, I know there are different versions, but you know, I've made a special appeal for that version. <laughs> oh, Jesus has conquered. Please walk around and welcome as many people as possible, 20 people to church, 30, 40 people, 50. Give them a high five, a handshake, a hug.
the Lord forevermore. Somehow, I think that there's a grace in my life to connect with the, the realities that the songwriters entered into when they were composing the song. And at the point in time, I think that when the, this person that was composing this song, I don't know who sang it, got to that point, they, got, they saw something and they were like, oh, <laughs> Jesus has conquered. Welcome to communion service. As we take the body and the blood tonight, within the course of this second half of the year, as it begins very soon, tonight, tomorrow, a, an information will come to you and your shout will be, Oh, Jesus has conquered. Hallelujah. Because the person did not say it just once. You know, well, in the song, Oh, Jesus has conquered. Now change the key again. Oh, ah, I love songs from Zion. Jesus has conquered. That's how they sang it, I'm telling you. Praise the Lord. I want to really appreciate my pastors for this opportunity to share God's word with you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma. I am privileged and honored to serve with you and under you. And I do not take it for granted. Um, if those are my pastors you are appreciating, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please, can you do it again? Hallelujah. All right. So we're going to be talking today about the importance of the blood. The importance of the blood. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, the importance of the blood. All right. So I'd like us to read very quickly from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. I would really love it if the scripture man is with me today because I want us to do like a Bible study. I was, you know, you know, caught between two. Should it be a preaching, you know, or should it be a Bible study, like a teaching? Should we go through scriptures and see what the word of God says about the blood? And I prefer preaching because that's kind of like the anointing that I sense in my life all the time. You know, preachers proclaim, Jesus, he said, and all that. But teachers are kind of like karma, you know, and they laid line upon line, precept upon precept. And teachers are very important. We will soon be seated. All right. Um, let's read and then we may, we, may, we may sit down. Okay, First Peter 1, 18 and 19. 18 first and then 19. Let's see what he says. He says, for as much as you know, let's read together that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from what? But how were you redeemed? Verse 19. What with the what? The precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Turn to your neighbor again and say, neighbor, you were bought not with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of the Son of God. Please, let's appreciate the best choir in the world as we have our seats. Welcome to communion service. So I was saying that teachers are so important. One of the ways you can tell that a nation has failed, a state has failed, is when their educational system has failed. All right? When what they are teaching there has no relevance with the real world, when people come out of, of school and they cannot find a sensible means of living, they cannot support themselves, and they've been in the 6334 system, 
I mean, they went to primary school, secondary school. They managed to write jam, and the jam did not bring out their wrong result. And then sent somebody after them. And they went to university, and so on and so forth. And they've come out now, and they are trekking, moving from place to place, looking for a job. There's this wonderful story about a group of professors who were going for a conference. I'm going to give it my own bent, all right? They were going for a conference in Abuja. And they entered into the aeroplane. They were going by flight. And so everyone in the aeroplane was a professor of aeronautical engineering. And so they told the pilot. The pilot said, wow, he checked the manifest. And said, that's correct. Everyone here is a professor of electrical engineering. You might have heard the story before. And so he, he announced to them that wonderful professors. In fact, this is a lovely trip because the people that designed this aeroplane... This aeroplane was put together by your students. Everyone that made this aeroplane were your students. All the professors got up and began to run. They began to look for the door. They wanted to escape. Our students made this plane. Ah, we're not going on this trip again. Is that not funny? Because they knew that if their students made that plane, the way they have taught them, the pilot now noticed that there was a professor that sat down very calmly on the seat. Confidently, he didn't move. And I went to meet him and said, sir, did you hear what we said that everybody thinks that it's going to be a bad idea? That guy laughed and said, I don't know why they are running. Because if our students made this plane, it won't start. So, so that's why I'm calm. That's how terrible certain educational systems will be. When a lecturer says A is for God, B is for me, C is for, and so on and so forth. It's a, it's a mentality, it's a kind of you know, it, 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 they say it with pride. Meanwhile, your student's failure is your failure. Hallelujah. So tell someone today that we're not, we're not going to learn in that way today. This teaching is very important for you. Get out your, uh, your writing material and begin to write down something. You know, understand what the blood is. There are people who, who don't know the depth of what we engage in as believers. They don't know how deep the covenant is. And the Bible says that Jesus said that the, the covenant, the new covenant is in my blood. It's so powerful and so deep that there's no sacrifice like it on the face of the earth. People don't know how powerful blood is. Blood on its own is very powerful. I will never forget my experience as a, as a as a medical student, one day, when I was in the emergency department in, in, in UCH many years ago, or several years ago, and they brought in a woman who was pregnant, heavily pregnant, and she was bleeding, you know, and they brought her in, you know, and my, my simple duty was to help her to get, you know, from what they brought her in and put her on the stretcher. Before you know it, you know, the room began to spin and the floor began to get closer to me. I, I, I fainted. Or almost fainted. What happened? It was the sight of blood. Blood is very powerful. Hallelujah. And we're not dealing here with the blood of human beings, of bulls, of goats. We're talking about the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So that's the first thing that we want to look at this evening. It's called the blood of Jesus Christ. First John 1 and verse 7. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. All right? I want us to see the scriptures as we go. Like I said, it's a Bible study. First John 1, 7. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of who? Jesus Christ, his son. Does what? 
First Corinthians 11 verse 27. It is called the blood of the Lord. First Corinthians 11 verse 27. Let's see that. It says, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of who? Of the Lord. Revelation chapter 7 verse 14 is also referred to as the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. Revelation 7 and verse 14. That's number 3. The blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lord, the blood of the Lamb. Look at what it says there. It says he's talking about the 144,000. If you read from verse 1. It says, these are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. We also saw that in 1 Peter 1, 19 that we read. Alright? Then it's also called the blood of his cross. Colossians 1 and verse 20. Colossians 1 and verse 20. It's called the blood of his cross. In fact, there's one I just remembered right now. And, and I believe it's in Acts chapter 20 verse 28. Or Acts chapter 20. And he calls it the blood of God. He says, therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of who? I can't hear you. Which he had purchased with? With his own blood. Say after me, the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lord, the blood of the Lamb, the blood of his cross, the blood of God. You know, some Nigerians joke with that. They would say, they would say <laughs> Nigerians. It's the blood of God. You know, it's not wrong. It's correct. And when they want to be funny, they was like, blood of Judas Iscariot. You know, and, and so on and so forth. That is completely out of the way. There are things that you don't joke with. The blood of, of, of Jesus is powerful. It is recognized in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. The reason why people don't know how powerful the blood is, is because they have not studied. They've not been exposed to a teaching like this. It's not just the blood. I mean, we see blood every day. Some people, some people you know, kill chicken. The blood is spilled. They kill a ram. The blood is spilled. They kill a goat, kill a cow, blood is spilled, and the blood just goes into the gutter like that. You know? But those same things were used to make atonement in the Old Testament. And even now, in certain religions. And even now, in certain shrines. Because it is not just the blood, I mean, the power in the blood. When you don't know the power in the blood, alright, you don't know how to activate the power in the blood. Because it's not just the shedding of the blood that happens. There's a way to offer blood. There's a way to partake of covenant. That's why when the, there was a song that was released by the, uh, um, the man of God, Mr. Dunsi, and then some people began to talk about uh, against it. And where does the Bible say, you know, the blood and the name? Agree? Oh, Lord, do rabata. Oh. You know, you don't, you, they don't understand anything. The Bible says there are three that bear witness on earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. The blood bears witness. There's something the blood is speaking. And the Bible says that whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. If you don't know what the blood is speaking, when that's why when we take communion, we say certain things like we're going to do today. It's when you say what the blood is saying that it is activated in your life. Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every matter is established. Hallelujah. Praise God. The blood and the name agree. Jesus shed his blood for me. Alright. So, why is the blood important? The very first thing is that 
The holiness of God, I wish we had time, we'll have talked about the two sides of the blood, the righteousness side and the holiness side. Leviticus chapter 18, but I want us to go through this. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 20. Ezekiel 18, 20. You will see there. The holiness of God requires a penalty for sin. Ezekiel 20, Ezekiel 18, 20, the first part. It says, the soul that sinned shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. It is the person who sins. There is a penalty for sin. And what's this penalty? Romans 6, 23. Very, very popular verse of scripture. It says the wages of sin is death. The holiness of God is a revelation. The righteousness of God is a revelation. They are not the same thing. Those who have had a revelation of the holiness of God, they tend to call themselves wretches and nobodies. They cannot bear to see themselves as anything more than that. When Isaiah saw the Lord in Isaiah chapter 6, he said that woe is me. John, the beloved that lay his head on the, on the chest of Jesus. When he saw Jesus in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, he fell like a dead man. When people, you see, it's two sides of Revelation. Because there are some songs we inherited that some people find difficult to sing now. One of them is Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Many of our brethren today cannot sing, sing that. They cannot say wretch. They say that saved someone like me because they can't be wretch. No way. It's a rev- that thing is a revelation. When Paul had the revelation, Paul was the teacher of righteousness. Paul said unto me, who am less than the least of the saints, is this grace giving. It makes you to humble yourself. The holiness of God. He said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chief of them. That's holiness. On the other hand, those who have had a revelation of the righteousness of God, they call themselves gods. They call themselves Christ. They cannot bear to see themselves as less than that. And both of them are valid. Like pastor would say, you know, there's a duality in everything that God does. The spirit and the word. Prayer and the word. Old Testament and New Testament, male and female. The word itself is double-edged. There are two sides. There's grace and there's holiness. So holiness is that quality in the divine nature. Mm -mm. Let me start from righteousness. Righteousness is that quality in the divine nature. Or that quality of, of the nature of God that makes what he has your own. Let me say it again. Righteousness is that quality in the nature of God that makes what he is, you become that thing. That's righteousness. Whereas holiness is that quality in the divine nature that makes everything that you are belong to God. They are not exactly the same thing. Ah, I don't know whether to read the, the story you know, of this lady I don't know if you've heard about her. She's the one that wrote several hymns that we sing today. Fanny Crosby. She was blind. She wrote more than 8,000 gospel songs. She lived between 18 something, 18 something and 1915 or something like that. 1820 and 1915. She was blind in both eyes. You know, I, you know, I can't remember all the hymns she, she wrote, but we sing, I think, to God be the glory. Several of those hymns, great is thy faith. I'm not sure. But she wrote them. 
she was sitting in the house of a man called Irasanki sometime in the 1800s. And they were talking about the blood of Jesus. Because these two dimensions are in the blood. The righteousness of God and the holiness of God. And they were meditating on that verse that says that the, that the blood of Jesus makes us to come near to him. And as they were meditating and they were just fellowshipping, you know, the, the, the words came to her. I am thine, O Lord. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice. And he told that. Draw me nearer. That's how that hymn came. The holiness of God. So, every sin has a penalty. Alright? And all have sinned. The penalty, penalty is death. And the Bible says, all have sinned. Romans 3.23. It says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Alright? So, if all have sinned, and the penalty of sin is death, life... Life is needed. I want you to teach your neighbor what I'm saying so that they will remember it. Say God's holiness requires a punishment for sin. Say the punishment for sin is death. Say all have sinned. And so what does that mean? Everyone deserves. And what's the answer to death? Life. And where is life found? Leviticus. Chapter 17, verse 11. Let's look at it. Leviticus 17, 11. What does he say? Let's read together. For the life of the flesh is where? The life of the flesh is where? Life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. And if, if we read further, it is the blood that makes atonement. That's what he says there. The last verse, the last sentence is, For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Hebrews 9.22. Hebrews 9.22. What does he say? Let's read together. What does he say? He says, and almost what? Let's read out loud. Please stop. Let's read out loud together. Everyone. And by the law, purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there's no remission. There's no forgiveness. Why? Because the thing that needs to be remitted or forgiven is sin. And the penalty for it is death. And you need life to counteract death. And the life is in the blood. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 to 4. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 to 4. That would lead us to the blood of Jesus. So they, they began to use blood. The blood of bulls. The blood of goats in the Old Testament. For one year they would get a goat. A scapegoat and it's good for sacrifice. And they would kill it and all that. And they would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. And that will cover their sins. Just cover their sins for one year. But look at what the Bible says. First time I read this scripture with an open heart, I began to weep. It says, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year to year continually make the commands of their unto perfect. Verse 2. It says, for then they will not have ceased to be offered because the worshippers won't spot. It means that every year they had to go to be offering this thing. Why? Because it was not perfect. They still had, after offering, they still had that conscience of sins. Verse 3. It says, but in those sacrifices, there was a remembrance again made of sins every year. Verse 4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. There was a woman. You know, this thing is common nowadays. 
where people say, send me anonymous messages. And all those messages are always funny messages. You know, I discovered that my husband has a site. You know, just say all kinds of things. I've never seen one that has to, anonymous message that, please, I've been praying, but it's not very effective. Teach me how to. I've not seen one. There was an anonymous message like that. The woman said that she had an affair and she, could, she couldn't stop it. She really loved the guy, apart from her husband. And one day her husband came, traveled, but came back unexpected, unannounced, and caught her with the guy in the, in the, you know, in the bedroom and so on and so forth. Perfect Nollywood scenario. And the husband was very, very, he was shocked, but he was, his, his response was very, very calm. He told the man, get up, wear your clothes, get out of my house, never come back to my house again. And if you love yourself, don't come near to my wife. The wife was on her knees, she was begging, honey, I'm, I don't know, it's the devil, I don't know what came over me, it's the devil, and so on and so forth. He went and picked her up, he said, don't worry about it, I forgive you, go and take your bath, come back and all that, and let me take you out. Took her out. From that day, he began to lavish her with gifts. You know, come back, he will hug her, he will carry her. <laughs> she said she will wake up, she wake up in the night and he'll be smiling at her, you know, just smiling at her like this. <laughs> and she'll be like, babe, honey, what's going on? And she said, I just love you. <laughs> it became, can you see how you're saying, ah, ah. It became an anonymous message, oh, that please advise me. <laughs> Am I safe? <laughs> that is, <laughs> let me tell you, when I read that story, that's what, that's what this verse is saying. That it is not possible for the blood of Bruce and that the, the consciousness of sin was still in her. She did not feel forgiving. Hey! If one of the higher one of the blessings of the blood of Jesus is when you make contact with the blood, you will, you will walk out of that place like someone that never seen before. It's the ability, it imparts righteousness to you. Ah, my time is, is, is up, so I have to round up. So I want, to, I want us to, you know, I want us to, you know, we cannot, I wanted us to go through that, then talk about the fact that the blood is for God. That's number one. The blood is for man, which you're talking about now, to purge your conscience. People don't know what the grace of God is. Many grace preachers who misrepresent God's grace, they do so because they, they confuse love and grace. There's no shadow you will mountain you will climb up. Shadow you will light up running after me. Then the next thing they do is that they're talking about the love of God. There's a guy who was in love some years ago and he, was, he called his girlfriend and he was like, you know, he was, he was waxing lyrical for her. I will cross se seven mountains and seven rivers just to be with you. I will do this. And she was blushing. And at the end of, of the phone call, he said that, ah, it's drizzling. But don't worry, when it stops drizzling, I'll, I'll, I'll come and see you in your house. You're laughing. Well, she was very happy. I was like, ah, who is coming today? She didn't hear what he said. Someone that will cross seven rivers cannot enter the rain. We're not saying that he should get wet and catch a cold because he loves his, his girlfriend. But you don't say what you don't mean. You just say, I will cross 7 o'clock to come and be with you. Or something like that. 
A cheap love is a love in word only. Grace is not love. Grace is the cost of love. Ah, you didn't hear what I said. What the blood. That's why when you see, you know, even though we say that Jesus did not die for us so that God can love us. He died for us because God loved us. But that love could not come to us until he died. That's why 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. Are we together? A superficial lover loves in word, but not in deed. A great lover shows great love at great expense. The reason why that woman was that woman was sending an anonymous message was because she had she was experiencing love, but she did not know she could not trust the love because she had not seen the cost of it. The day you get a revelation of Christ and Him crucified, the blood of Jesus, you will never again doubt how much God loves you. You will never again confess the same sin three, four, five times. You will never again be afraid. Of me, That's why the more abundant graces, the deeper the quality of love shown. You will never see the love of God in scripture outside of the context of grace. From John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave. 2 Corinthians 8.9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was, was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. 1 John 4.10, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son. You will never see scripture. The gospel is not that God loves you. Don't worry. It does not matter what you are doing. God loves you. That's not the gospel. You will never see that in the Bible. God loves you and he sent his son to die for you. Let me use this illustration and, and then I'll begin to close. And then, you know, uh, we we'll, you know, we'll take communion. Oswald Chamber says, never build your case for the love of God. On the idea that God is my father and he will love me, you know, because he's love. That contradicts the revealed truth of God in Jesus Christ. That's why I told you that story about the blood. Have you seen the blood? I dare you to watch The Passion of the Christ. That movie that was done by Mel Gibson. That's the cost. And that, that, that movie does not come close to what Jesus suffered. Isaiah 53 says that his visage was so mad. He was so disfigured. He says that, that there, there was nothing in him that we should desire him. Someone asked me one day that how, that how can a loving God throw people into hell? I said, really? I said, if you, someone offended you and the, and the penalty was death and you had only one son, how can a, a God, how, will you send your son to, to die in? I said, that's the kind of God. The person said, hmm, okay. And there is, this is what, the, the, every time we take communion, this is what you are saying. If you understand this teaching tonight, when you come in contact with situations, one of the first things you do is that you want to take communion. Your boss says to you in the office, you're due for this promotion, but I've been asking you for sex. Just come, you know, just, you know, like, come on now. Sex is a blood covenant, but there's a higher blood covenant that you've already caught. 
only the child of God that does not know what the blood stands for. The Bible says that when Jesus died, the temple, the curtain in the temple was torn from top, from top to bottom. That temple was what separated man from God. That means it's a greater door than that which separates you from level 12 to level 13. Promotion. Or level 12 to level 20. He's asking for a blood covenant to promote you. But there's another blood covenant that when you take it, it will promote you and it, will, angels will give him a knock on his head. You say, hey, are you sure I should... Okay, that's what we should do, Abby. I'm coming. You go to your house, or to your cell, to your tribe. Say, you know, let's... Or you come to communion service, you take communion. I read a story recently of a man that whenever he beats his wife, that's, I read it yesterday. He was told by a UK pastor, that same day, something will happen to him. One day he slapped his wife. When, they, when he was going to walk, area boy stopped him on the road. You know? And they, they slapped him, they beat him up. One day he got home and his wife uh, made soup. And said there was too much salt. He threw the soup on, on her face. Then he was angry. He went to a canteen to eat. That same day, some area boys entered into the canteen. They were asking for money and all that. They couldn't get the money that. So as they were going, one of them put his hand inside the guy's soup to take the meat. And the guy said, move your hand, blah, 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 blah. The guy beat him and threw his soup on his face. The guy suffered so much that he came home one day to beg. And what was guarding his wife was a demon. When the wife's mother was dying, it was eight months to their wedding. And the woman was like, you know, you, the daughter was like, you suffered so much for me. I want you to see me get married. I want to give you a grandchild. And, all. and, the, and, the, and the mother was sick. And she turned to the, to the fiancé and said, take care of my... <laughs> Take care of my daughter. If you don't take care of my daughter, I will, I will come for you. And she died. As in the day this thing came to her, they sacked him at work. As, they were, as he was going home, you know, he was going home to rake for his wife. They, 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 they carjacked him. He walked from where he was to his house. By the time he got to his house, the brothers of, the, of his wife were so tired. You know, they came to pack, to pack their sister away. He knelt down and began to beg. That's when he remembered that it was when he met her, he got his first promotion in life. It was when they married that he was, he began to remember how the goods. They said, okay, follow us too. Let's have family meeting. They had to, he had to sign a new contract. He began to treat her well. Every two weeks, the woman appeared in, in, in both their dreams. You smile at him. You are doing well. They actually went to this pastor in the UK for deliverance. Because that thing is not the spirit of the mother. I hope you know that. It's a demon that's attached itself. To the family, it's a familiar spirit. The mother, the Bible says, given for man to die once. After that, is judgment. Just like the, the Samuel that, that Saul saw when he went to the witch of Endor. That was his familiar spirit. The pastor looked at them and said, Ah, I don't know what this is. So, maybe your marriage is fine. You people are now treating yourselves well. Because maybe sometimes some people fear God, fear Satan more than God. He didn't pray for, he didn't deliver them. He left them. I mean, I read it. He said, this, I know this pastor. He's my friend on Facebook. How much more the blood of Jesus? He died and he rose and gave us victory. I have victory. I'm telling you tonight that if your husband is misbehaving, if your wife is misbehaving, if your child is misbehaving, there is a blood sacrifice that has been made on your behalf. 
when you take that thing, you know, I, I think we should begin to get the, uh, the elements ready. When you begin to take that thing, and you begin to speak some words, we're going to speak tonight as we take the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no force, no opposition, no sickness, no illness, no drawback, no setback that will not respond to the power in the blood. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He died and he rose and gave us victory. I have victory. Say he died and he rose and gave us victory. I Victory. That night, the whole of hell was empty, and all the demons left hell and came to earth. They came and surrounded him at the cross because they knew that something was happening. They did not understand it, but they knew that something was going on in the realm of the spirit. Everyone just begin to pray on your seat where you are as you receive the elements. Whether it is something in your body Something in your life, in your business, in your family, in your job. There is a blood that has been shed. Heaven answers to that blood. Earth answers to that blood. Hell, that's what is under the earth, answers to that blood. Mandere In the name of Jesus, if you have received the elements, just rise to your feet. Barata erepoko sorande erastande rakile prokoto sharada panda rentelegede barada yata eskelebrahandos koros telegede barata zetokoto vrehende eskaranda prelekere de bando skure shatala barate enkalata rebase kotoko se thank you Jesus baranda kelete zuza dala barada baba everyone say with me say my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I've been redeemed. I've been cleansed. Sanctified. By the blood of Jesus. Therefore Satan has no place in me. He has no power over me. He has no claim. Over my life. Everything has been paid for. By the blood of Jesus. In my spirit. In my soul. In my body, I owe Satan nothing. Shout, I'm free. Now, I want you to pray in tongues for the next 15 seconds. Malanda la prakata lebradukos. Sege de lebrada kata bababa. Sharato rikete le parandes. Ele kotos. 
There's something speaking on your behalf. There's something, there's someone watching over you. It's loud in heaven. Now say after me, I overcome Satan. I overcome sin. I overcome sickness. By the blood of Jesus. And by the word of my testimony. I'm submitted to God. The devil flees from me. I resist him. By the blood of the Lamb. And in the name of Jesus. So right now, in the name of Jesus, whether it is sickness or disease, demonic oppression, any perversion in this world, operating in my body or around me, anything contrary to the will of the Father, I end you right now. Pray in tongues for the next 15 seconds. Barakalata barasotore barada karazadala baradekosh. Now say, there is nothing standing between me and God. I'm his child, accepted in the beloved. I've been delivered forever from the power of Satan into the kingdom of his dear son. I belong to Jesus completely. A vessel unto honor, fit for the master's use. I am complete in Christ. It is true according to me. There is no lack. God makes all grace abound towards me. I have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Pray in tongue for the next 15 seconds. Oh, finally, I want you to say with me, through the blood, I have eternal life. In the name of Jesus, I have eternal life. In my pathway, there is life. There is no death. I've been anointed to live a long, prosperous, fruitful, healthy, and wealthy life. Whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever I lose on earth is loosed in heaven. Because of the blood of Jesus, I bind principalities. I bind powers. I bind every wickedness around me. I cast down spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. I lose angels to minister on my behalf in this second half of the year. I lose a harvest of souls. I lose my ministry. I lose my business to become fruitful through the blood of Jesus. I claim the victory, the favor of God, promotion, prosperity. In the name of Jesus, I rejoice by the power in the blood of Jesus. I want you to take the elements right now. Mandala prakala tarabondo. Shake it. And just begin to thank him. Just begin to thank him. Say thank you for the blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. I'm free. I'm delivered. I'm blessed. I belong to God. He holds nothing against me. Satan has nothing against me. I have the victory. In the name of Jesus. 
Now I want you to shout out loud because this has been a cry in my spirit for about a week now. Say, therefore, in the name of Jesus, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Someone rejoice this evening. Give God praise. Give God praise. Let's give. Let's give this evening. Never, ever let the devil cheat you. Never, ever allow a moment of being downcast, a moment of sorrow, of sadness. You know, always remember the blood sacrifice, the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, the blood of his cross, the blood of God that is speaking for you and that is speaking on you. Hallelujah. And speak what the blood is saying. Every time, lift up your hands and say, thank you, Father, for the blood. Thank you because I'm free, I'm delivered, I'm saved, I'm blessed, I'm prospered. I go forward in the name of Jesus. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are... If you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.